Hey everybody, this is Nick Padiak. You're listening to I'll Be Damned. My guest this week is Matt Cornelison. Matt is an old co-worker of mine, and he has done a lot of stuff. He's full of stories. He's full of experiences. We, we, we had a really good talk. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, a couple quick things before we get into that conversation. Uh, my website is nicholaspadiak.com. You can go there for all things me if you're interested. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at npadiak. That's P-A-D-I-A-K. And uh, I'm also doing a, another podcast called Informer. I'm doing it with a friend of mine, Kevin, who is a lawyer for the federal government. He and I are uh, combining our powers to inform the public about what is happening uh, in the world of law and politics. Uh, no hot takes. We call it information without conclusion. Uh, things like, what is the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, and what is the legal definition of treason? Things like that. Things that you hear on the news. You might say, yeah, you hear a lot of people have opinions about this, but what actually is it? We are there to tell you what it actually is. Uh, again, that's called Informer. You can uh, search for it in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find this podcast, you can also get it uh, Informer. And you can also get it, or you can contact us at InformerPod.com and on Twitter at Informer underscore pod. Um, we're really proud of it, of that Kevin and I are, we would love you to listen to it. And as with this show, uh, I would love if you would tell everyone, you know, about it and shout it from the rooftops and become an evangelist for it. And it, it would be really great. I would appreciate it. Um, all right, let's get into it. This is me talking with Matt Cornelison. Let's just start way back. You're from Kansas City. Yep. And yep. Uh, like in Kansas City? Suburban Kansas City? Yeah. Well, so I was born in Ames, Iowa. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Are you not a fan? <laughs> are you? fine. Are you, do you hate know. Iowa State? That's, <laughs> That's fine. Grew up going to Iowa State football games Did you? and Go basketball Cyclones. games. Go Clones. And then, uh, yeah, moved to Kansas City, Gladstone specifically. This is like North Kansas City area. Okay. Um, and then... To the small, humble town of Kearney, Missouri, which is Kearney? not, yeah, everybody always laughs, like, Kearney, <laughs> we've got small hands, yeah. um, but not Kearney, Nebraska, Kearney, Missouri, and that's like 20 minutes north of Kansas City, Okay, and uh, where, you know, you go if you, it's a little safer, and, you know, you're school's good and stuff like that. Sure, so. that whole thing. That the, old chestnut. Yes, got yeah. it. Now, what was your upbringing like? You've got one brother? I've got two brothers, two so brothers. I've got a brother with my mother, and I've got a brother with another mother. Uh-huh. Um, so that's how I ended up in Kansas City. My parents got a divorce, six years old, moved to Kansas City uh, area. So it was just my mom, me, and my my brother, who's like a year and a half younger than me. Gotcha. Did you, did and, you uh, uh, yeah. stay in your – did your dad stay in your life after yeah, that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, you know, he'd come down to like – we'd see each other kind of like a every other weekend yeah, kind of thing going yeah. on. Same thing happened would, with me. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. When did, how old were you? I was, I was so young. I don't even remember. It was probably, yeah, yeah I was like two or something two? Yeah, yeah. when they got, when they split up. So yeah, I know what totally. you mean. The whole every other weekend thing. Was it tough? Uh, you know, I, it's kind of like you, that's just what life is, you know, like you maybe, you know, this, this is for you, the same thing for you. I don't know, but I sort of, 
didn't think a lot about like why is this happening and what's this new reality because the new reality was just the reality like whatever the reality is so Mm -hmm. people you know i think when you're like maybe a teenager you know life gets a little more about it yeah Yeah. exactly but so this is just kind of like that age where i do remember this stuff i do remember those things and but i don't remember a lot of life you know sure before the age of six yeah so that makes sense um, yeah, so it was, I think it was cool. Right on. And what was your, I mean, you, and forgive me if I'm misremembering, but you played football and you, were you yeah. an athlete and were, I mean, basically, were you always like this? Were you always I a creative I was always guy? a badass. <laughs> uh, yes, Came if out that is your question, <laughs> I didn't have a choice in it. I was born with it. Um, some people, you know, they think they can learn it, but they can't. Um, yeah, I played sports. I played in like, I was like band guy and sports guy through like seventh and eighth grade. And then I was like, I'm too fucking cool for band. Oh yeah. I'm going to be a sports guy. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny, but I ended up playing in a band, like, you know, a little crappy high school rock band. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my buddy. What instrument? Drums. Drums. Yeah. So I, I started playing drums in like, you know, when you can be, you can join either band or be a choir person. At least that's what it was in our school. And I, went with the snare drum. Oh, nice. And, you know, I think I marched in one marching band thing in seventh grade. And then, uh, yeah. And that was, that was my band, early band experience. I took like drum lessons. And so I, grew, I actually grew up as a drummer. Hmm. Like I played drums my whole life and played in other bands since then. But like as a young, uh, drumling, I was a drummer. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. And so, you 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 ditched the the band track and joined a band like a rock band and then you were doing the whole sports thing through high school. Right. Didn't want to get my ass kicked was what I was trying yeah. to do. You know, yeah, I really wanted to be able to beat other people up. Sure. Uh, How physically and emotionally? Um, actually, no. Our school was like so not like I hear these stories about other schools. I don't know what your how, how big of a school did you go to? Very small. I graduated with like 115 people. Okay. Did you know everybody? Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's kind of like how I... It, oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, this whole school, it, you had like 180 people in a class. So it wasn't yeah. that small, but it was like there was... I knew everybody. Everybody knew each right. other. There was no like, oh, those are the, uh, you know, chess nerds. Like yeah. like the, you know, uh, Asian chess nerds. Sure. Like, it's, it's not, not like that, clueless. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no. But apparently there's other schools that are like clueless. Apparently. Yeah. My um, wife went to one and, oh, yeah. it, and her experience is so foreign to me. Yeah. Like she'll talk about it and it's just like... I didn't know that person. Like, what do you mean you didn't know that person? You graduated with that person. Right. It's just so bizarre to me. It's it's such an alien experience. Yeah, that sounds like so much crappier to me. But I, that's just yeah. you know that's my own and my actually Adriana, my fiance, is the mm-hmm. sort of had that experience where there was more groups of people oh, yeah. and that kind of thing. So yeah. we we sort of like talk about that. But no, I just yeah, band wise, I just fell in love with you know like all the music that was sort of forming my. My, uh, my, I guess my musical, uh, beliefs and feelings. And, and so I started just playing in this band that was playing those songs, basically so like, like what, crappy what kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, well, so we listened to, oh my God, a lot of really bad, like rock music that was on the radio, whatever was served to us. Sure. What, we were easily molded. So what, what year would this have been? This like would have been around... like 90, like high school. I graduated high school in 2000. Okay, all right. So, so we're nine, talking like Limp Biscuit. We're we talking like new metal. Limp Biscuit, solid Limp Biscuit, open up for Corn. 
I'm sorry to hear that too. <laughs> uh, Ice Cube was also there. <laughs> All right. Sure. Uh, Wait, was that the Family Values that tour? That was the Family Values no tour. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> right Did on. you like also I had see the this? album. Uh, okay. The Family Values album. Yeah. Yeah. I want to yeah. say what, uh, Incubus wasn't there, but it was like Primus maybe? Uh, it might have been. Yeah, I don't remember. Been, yeah. I don't know. All I wanted was a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. <laughs> far from suicidal. So that's the kind of stuff you that's were doing? Li- yeah. Well, we were like, we weren't quite that hardcore. We were playing covers of, we did have some cool bands. Like, I like Foo Fighters still. Sure, we played sure. Foo Fighters songs. Um, but we also played covers of Creed. And, okay. Um, yeah, so we went in all directions. You're going to uh, want me to cut that out later? Yeah, there's, that's one of those things. Let's, <laughs> let's mark that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, I, whatever. I don't know. Like, what can I say? Like, I, I listened to some shitty-ass rock music. I mean, I think we all did. Yeah. Yeah. And we played that stuff, and we wanted to be like those guys. Sure. So. Are you still in touch with those guys you were in, you were in the band with? I was in band with one guy, and mostly his name's Pat Lentz, and he's, I'm, he's like one of my best friends still. still. I, have, I have, like, two really close friends from high school and yeah. he's one and I got another guy right on. So yeah. Yeah. Still totally now it, it was a two hander and you were playing the drums. So what? Pat's yeah. Up there we were like local the... H. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we actually played you high five and motherfucker right by on local H. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of actually, I think that was maybe a more legit, uh, band to cover, but sure. we did that. And then like my, actually my senior year of high school, we played with another guy who was younger than us. So we actually ended up having like a full band gotcha. and in college. We went to, freshman year of college together kept playing oh, you guys went together to yep. iowa actually we went to the armpit of missouri central missouri state university wow um the school isn't bad the just the warrensburg i don't know uh <laughs> it wasn't my thing for other people it's their thing that's sure. fine but for me it wasn't super awesome but so i ended up like going there doing this band thing but like i just kind of went there for the wrong reasons and Wait, i ended up what do you mean the wrong reasons i didn't I think that I, I was, it's hard to put myself back in that place, but I was still with, I still have a girlfriend from high school, school, that whole thing kind of anchoring me into place, um, didn't really have like this kind of eyes wide open, like, I can't wait to get out to the world and maybe I'll go across to a different country. And, you know, it was very much like, I don't know what to do and didn't have any, any real huge ideas until that didn't work out. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to Iowa. Well, what do you, what do you mean that didn't work out? Like what, was there something that happened or well, like, a, like I was snapped in I kind of just kept living in high school, like in mm-hmm. my freshman year of college. And I just like, uh, was seeing my girlfriend all the time, which, you know, at the time that's what I chose to do. And then I would join a fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never participated in anything. <laughs> and then like, I was just always kind of like, not always quite there. In, yeah. in the college experience. Yeah. And so like when that didn't work out, I just, it kind of like, yes, I was like, I'm going to do something that I want to do. Sure. If, and I don't even know why I thought that I couldn't do that, but whatever. I was, you know, like freaking 19 years old sure. or 18 or whatever. So, um, so I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to Iowa and I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing getting, and it's not like, it's not like, I'm like, I'm going to Mars. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm going like a couple hours away. Not very sure. far. Yeah. Um, just but, far enough, you know, far enough that getting home is a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's, you know, it's going to be a longer drive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, so you know they it up the... at least twice. Yeah. Did you still have the girlfriend when you went to No, no, Iowa? it uh, broke okay. up and, uh, the shackles came the shackles off. Shackles and... came off and I was a free man. Yeah. And what you see today before you is the, the mustache result. started sprouting yeah, exactly. at that exact moment. I didn't moment. even have a choice. It's yeah. like the incredible Hulk, <laughs> sure. yeah. but not that at all. And just a mustache and that's all. Yeah. So you, so you go to Iowa and what did you, what did you study there? 
Um, I studied film. So, film. yeah, I was um, – I didn't – it was kind of undecided my sophomore year, and then I was like, God, i got to pick something. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was in, like, in this English class with someone, and I just asked this guy, like, after class, I was like, what do you, what do you major in? He's like, film production. I'm like, is it pretty cool? And he's like – yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like, sweet. So the next day, I actually signed up for film. I was like, that I got to, I got to pick something. That random guy just yeah, decided totally, the rest of your life. Totally man. decided the rest of my life. I mean, I will say that I, if I look back, I was making videos my as through a child, childhood. Oh yeah, and every, you had like the the, the, the handheld time. camera, and you were making movies with we your friends a, and everything. My my aunt, who lived with us, had a beta max camera nice which is for the kids out there that don't know what the hell that is that was the competitor to the the vhs camera mm -hmm. the that didn't make it yeah that's uh it's the laser disc of it's, it's the laser it's disc yeah. yeah and i don't even know if it had that long of a time but we had yeah. a yeah beta max camera and then like my mom would actually rent a video camera like big honking what looks like a i mean it's all on your iphone now but like it was a big like television shoulder mount camera yeah, that's totally. just for vhs tapes but we just make like joke music videos and like joke commercials for the nerf master blaster and nice pee bubbles and doesn't yeah it's weird stuff that my potty humor still continues today sure. and you were doing that from a young age with friends as and your long family as i can remember yeah friends would come over we do that stuff i mean i've i've got all this stuff my mom has all this oh, stuff yeah? you know incriminating evidence at home that i'm sure she could bust out anytime she wanted to but yeah yeah so I, so it's like it it the decision was kind of a fluke to pick that major but yeah. it's like despite my ignorance i think the universe was just kind of like dude just do the make make this make cool stuff make yeah. stuff you want to make basically. do the stuff that you've been doing yeah just do the stuff that you've been doing mm -hmm. so and so what what did you gain from that from that experience from that major like at iowa yeah, yeah. um i i think i just like learned i <laughs> it's funny because the program that i went through it's not like your traditional like program like full sale where you like learn a very specific track about how to um make it in hollywood mm -hmm. or something like that like it was all i was with a lot of grad students and there was a lot of a lot of the classes i was taking was like <clears throat> like basically how to be creative like hmm. so like you're just like you would come you a lot of the later classes especially you would show up with like i want to make a film that like explores this concept and I want to do it by scratching on f the film itself. And we were mm. actually studying film, not like video or yeah. digital stuff. It was actually like film through a camera, right. actually cutting and splicing film, like old school. And it was a lot of artsy fartsy stuff. Sure. So I was like, I was spending a lot of my time making like really weird student films that, um, nobody would understand still. <laughs> and then like there's a writer's workshop in, uh, yeah, at big, Iowa, big time, yeah. which I went to, went through that. Oh, did not, you? Not the full program, but I was always, I was just like, that's what I spent all my time doing was oh, yeah? and doing, you know, taking a couple writing writers classes yeah. a semester. So I was, was like, was Kurt Vonnegut making there weird stuff when you were there? Yeah, actually. He yeah. Won, yeah. Like I, I I didn't like go there while yeah. he was there cause okay. I'm not, I'm an idiot. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, there was always like writers cycling in like that and, yeah. um, stuff like that. So, but yeah, so I, I guess what I learned was just like how to really explore like a medium, like sure. not like in a technical standpoint, but like from like a creative and like the conceptual standpoint, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So did you have like film influences as you were there? 
Yeah, I mean, my biggest one at the time was Wes Anderson, and that's when like oh, yeah? Royal Tenenbaums and right, things like right. that were Rushmore, coming out. Rushmore and yeah. all that stuff. And so I definitely that was the one that really sticks out the most that was left a, like the biggest impression on me. Yeah. I mean, so did your did did that influence show up in these student films? Was everything did everything look I like a really diorama? Have, we'd have to watch. <laughs> Let's do it, man. We'd have to watch them, and then I'd have to like tell you. You see what I was trying to do there <laughs> was this thing that Wes Anderson did. You would yeah. not be able to see any connection, and but um, and then I you know I did I made a. Uh, one of the films I made was called The Rocker Outer. Okay. And it was about, it was basically like a musical about this guy who was having a poker game with someone and that, that someone like talks crap on him. And then, and then the other guy continues, then proceeds to rock him out into this musical, like yelling at him and whatever it turns into the whole, the the reason I'm sharing that is because it's a musical, Uh shitty musical that, I can totally see the connection to the stuff that I do now with that that thing, like this kind of cheesy ass musical world that I was playing with, you know, yeah. back then. So, and you've got a, I think, a, an aesthetic that kind of runs through the things that you do, and we'll get into the the things that you do. But do you think that that aesthetic was present even back then? This sort of, like you said, cheesy. I mean, it's deliberately cheesy. It's it's kind of arch, you know, right. Uh, yeah. Like this smiling, like wink and nod, like I know, I know that this is like that. So, did, was that present even back then? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I just, uh, I just grew up in making poop and dick jokes, <laughs> um, and and then like you know, in terms of like, yeah, this kind of cheesy cheese factor. I just, yeah, I guess I'm just always made stuff that had that in it. So yeah. even the like the kid stuff that I did, you know, commercials and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So now were, were you performing at this time too, like acting or, or comedy in or college. music? Or, yeah. During college. Yeah. I was in a band. I was in a, I mean, yeah, here you go. So I was in a band called BJ Jaggers. The, the guitar player's name is actually BJ Jaggers. Really? And so we named it BJ Jaggers and the Jagoffs. Sure. Of course. And I mean, it lends itself. I mean, it's perfect. It's writing not itself. not call it that. Yeah. You know, it's just, it kind of just is like, that's what it's called. <laughs> Um, and so like, you know, we sang, you know, it was like kind of a blues cover band, but we mm. also had like, you know, six or seven like original songs or whatever. Mm. And, and the guy sang like ACDC and nice. it was pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. But, and the guitar player was like amazing. Hmm. Um, so it was like, you know, we had that, I don't know, kind of cheese factor. Yeah. Like I could never, I can't just can't take anything seriously. Sure. It's the problem. <laughs> So like no matter what it is like it's gonna be not taken seriously. Yeah. Okay. So how do you get? Okay. So I guess this is kind of a two part question. Well, one of the one of the parts is not a question. I suppose you and I worked together at a at a marketing agency, and you did take that seriously. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's true. that, and you made yeah. videos. You probably still do mm-hmm. make videos, and you do take that seriously, and you're very good at it. Uh, so basically, how did you? how did you end up there and how the, I guess that's the second part of, of this two part because the first part is how did you get to Chicago after, after yeah. college? The first part would be how did I end up there was I needed a job. I moved to sure. Chicago and I was like, I need jobs and sure. money to pay for stuff. Um, and I would do anything. Yeah. I mean, I would stand on the street corner <laughs> and just wait for stuff to happen and let people videotape it. No, that's not, <laughs> it's not true. But I, I did like, 
yeah, I like was I sh- when I showed up in Chicago, I was like freelancing, doing anything I possibly could, shooting mm-hmm. things, editing things. I did, I did weddings. I shot oh, yeah. and edited weddings. Um, I shot depositions. For that lawyers. sounds terrible. It was the worst. Yeah. It was the worst job ever. I mean, I. It's you find out what you don't want to do, <laughs> really quick, you know. So I was just like whatever I could get my hands on, and yeah. slowly building into like finding these other opportunities that were a little cooler. And it was like, you know, now I'm doing, now I'm shooting sports. Hmm. Um, now I'm shooting this. And, and then just I would, by making connections, making connections. I had no, like I had nothing that wasn't weird. <laughs> like I had only had a reel of weird shit. Yeah. Like actually the first con- real connection I had here was to a guy who was like at like CNN or some, some, hmm. some big, huge, like, like I had a friend of a friend of a friend who got a, me to like have a phone call with this legit dude who was like the head of media probably could have defined my career had I gotten a job or an internship or even a a follow-up conversation. Mm -hmm. And the guy was like, well, why don't you just send me some stuff that you've done? And I'm like, you know, sending over your Wes Anderson music video. (laughs) Yeah. And I wouldn't say, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, but I don't really, he's no, you got to send me some, you just got to know, I have to have a, you know, a work with the name kind of a thing. And I sent him, you know, my, I was like, all right, but it's really weird. I sent it anyways. And he's like, yeah. The first thing he said to me to follow up was like, I'm not going to let this out of my dirty little hands is what he said. Like, that's how weird he thought. Oh, wow. Wow. It was. That's, and that's... I was like, okay. Uh, so he's like, basically call me when you have something that like we can actually talk about. Or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So that kind of set me in motion. I'm just like, okay, I just need to do stuff. That's not just only weird yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's all about me. Like yeah. I need to do something for other people, I guess. <laughs> so then, you know, enter job at agency that needs a video guy who will pay a video guy sure. and to make stuff that's professional. I was like, okay, I'll take, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. So what brought you to Chicago to begin with? Um, <clears throat> I was, I was back. I went to, I went to school. I went to Maine for a little while. Hmm. Just for shit. I had a friend who had his parents owned a like, souvenir store in booth booth bay harbor maine all right and they're like we need somebody to help manage it and i was like i'm not doing anything yeah why not so, in maine, either that or like move back to your mom's house yeah so. which i did oh yeah after the maine ah, so sure. <laughs> delaying the inevitable yeah. so I, I did that like for a few months and i was helping um i was actually recording as a drummer an album um oh. back there in kansas city and then i kind of was just like working like little odd and end jobs in like tv like mm-hmm. I was like the guy who like flew in what they call the bug on like a sports, like a basketball game. There's like a little ticker thing. Yeah, it's like yeah, rolling yeah. like this is the shot clock and like right. that little lower third thing. that's yeah. like the score and the shot clock and those right. little things. You, there's a guy who controls that. Right. Yeah. Um, My best friend I, is that guy. Oh, you're the yeah. best friend is that guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, he was probably better than I was because yeah. uh, yeah. sometimes the director would look over and be like, it's the wrong score. How long has the wrong score been on there? Like for like an hour. <laughs> So like it's still TV, two to zero. It's not, it's not two to zero. It's <laughs> ninety five to thirty seven, and uh, so you know, I almost accepted a job to stay there, though, yeah. great, despite my shittiness yeah. um, as a bug controller, and uh, and then I was just like, God, you know, I don't know, like I just want to do something bigger than this. I don't sure. know what that even means. So yeah. I ended up getting like a job at this wedding studio in Chicago and I'm like, and I had a, a friend from Iowa go, Hey, we need an extra roommate. 
in our place in Chicago. And I was like, all right, I'll go. So and Chicago wasn't the destination. It was just no. like, that was where shit was. I, well, yeah, that's where, where stuff was. Yeah. yeah. Whereas where like opportunity was more yeah. opportunity than where I was sure. in film and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then just like, I just wanted to do something. I didn't want to live at my parents' house and yeah. you know, whatever. So it was yeah. just something different. So where does the air guitar come in? Air guitar. Uh, yeah. So fast forward a couple of years, I'm performing in a, a mustache themed comedy rap group called the flavor savers. Well, hang on. We gotta, we gotta put a pin in. No, no, no. Fuck, fuck the air guitar. We gotta move back and get oh, to the, okay. the beginning of the flavor savers oh, okay. and then we'll get into the air guitar. So okay. you gotta, you gotta get into the flavor savers, man. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, the flavor savers are, as I mentioned, a uh, mustache themed comedy rap group kind of think like lonely island i Mm -hmm. guess in a way um we make a lot of like sketch videos and we've performed at bonnaroo music festival multiple times and we've south by southwest and did little tours and we've played at tiny little pizza parlors but we've also (laughs) played at some other bigger things so it was just like a joke band we just started out as like we made a joke album actually when i was back in kansas city me and my brother yeah and I like had this new recording stuff that I was like really just playing with, and I was like, let's just make a like a rap album, just you and your brother. Yeah, and we well, we had already had this kind of running joke with like our friends about wearing fake mustaches, like <laughs> sure. at high school parties, just like okay. showing up and being like a 1970s guy. <laughs> and I did that in college too, and yeah. and my brother did. I think my brother even kind of started that whole thing, mm-hmm. and so we were kind of these characters that we had developed into, and then we're like, well, let's make this album in Kansas City but this is when I was back in Kansas City my brother was like still in college going to Mizzou yeah and we made this album and we I moved then I moved to Chicago yeah just kind of like okay this opportunity came up and it was just kind of a joke after a joke it was like our friends were like well you guys should have a CD release party we're like yeah we should totally have a CD release party that'd be hilarious and for this did. album that you for made this album, in Kansas City this joke album sure yeah first it was like we should totally make an album and they're like yeah you should and it was like you should totally do a CD release party yeah we should and it was like you should totally play a show and I'm like yeah that'd be hilarious <laughs> and so I booked a show in Chicago yeah. like and not even having any band or anything I was just like well, let's just book a show with this yeah how does that work? You just like call people and you're like, so I, we're called the flavor savers. I don't know. It was like MySpace was like, a th- that was what it was. Sure. You could send messages on MySpace and it yeah. was like, I don't know, think it was easier back then. Like to not have anything going for you and to like, <laughs> then just reach out to like a random weird promoter. Yeah. And like we played a show and we like, booked another one and my brother ended up moving to, to Chicago with me. Yeah. And then we just, all of a sudden we had a band and we're like playing these weird shows and we would play anywhere. I mean, we'd do anything, like, yeah. no matter what. It was just, like, for fun. It was not for serious. Yeah. We weren't trying to do anything. And, like, we were just trying to do cool things. And one of the cool, the, the first things that we did was kind of maybe more, like, the step up was, like, we somehow stumbled on this mustache tour called Stash Bash that was happening on the mm. East Coast. I mean, that makes sense. And we're like... Uh, do you guys need a mustache band for the mustache tour? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we can't pay anything, but you can come out here and join us and you can open for us. And we're like, okay, sweet. Yeah. So we like right. played New York nice. and these other, these other places. And this was kind of like our first, like, well, we're on a tour. <laughs> I can't believe we're on a tour. And like fast forward to like, uh, I don't know how many years later we had played some pretty big shows at, at a certain point and we were on a plane. We we're being flown to a place to play a show in front of 4,000 people Whew. and getting paid yeah. you know, decently. 
and and we're like drinking sham. It was like Porter Airlines. <laughs> we're going to Toronto. That's what it was. And it was Porter Airlines. They give you like champagne and free booze and stuff like that. And we're like, we're just sitting here looking at each other, like with our mustaches on, <laughs> like looking at each other. I can't believe that like they think that we're like somehow worth paying yeah. to do this. Yeah. I can't believe we actually did this. Like, we're like <laughs> drinking like alcohol in a plane and we're not paying for any of this. Yeah. You know? And so that was when we like, like, okay, this is, we've taken the joke too far. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the joke's uh, on them, man. The joke has point. always been on everybody yeah. else. Um, no, is it, it, it was just you and your brother or you, you picked was, up some people along point, the way? I know. I should say like, it started with me and my brother, like mm-hmm. the album thing, but very, very quickly I, when I moved to Chicago and I was trying to, put this band together i put a my i put a ad out on craigslist this is how i meet my friends <laughs> i put an ad on craigslist looking for an mc to join this rap band sure and i only had one response and his name is ian kibby and um it's funny we found the email chain uh, oh yeah going back and forth and so he actually i met him like at a like borders books or something like i didn't know where to go in chicago i didn't even i'd been there for like a year yeah he had just moved there from North Carolina, and I was my. I think it was like, "Hey, uh, anybody want to join this weird rap comedy band then about mustaches?" <laughs> and he, he's the only person that responded. He's like, "Oddly enough, I just moved to Chicago too, and I was just in a joke comedy band, rap band, really called the Sweet Potatoes." And, all, you know, <laughs> was, and I was like, "Okay, sweet." And then he joined, and then he's been like my best friend since oh, since yeah? then. We right yeah. on. So uh, he's been in the band since then. And we had a couple other rotating members. We had another guy, Luke Hinkle, who who played with us at a lot of a lot of the shows. Yeah. We had some guy, Hollywood pharmacist Merrill, uh, <laughs> Nate Merrill, one of our good friends, who's who was in the band for a long time, and another guy named Martin, another guy named Anthony. And Very at nice. one point, we had like eight people in the band. Wow! And then the it's like the polyphonic of, spree. Yeah. Got out of control, and then we got th- now where it's like just the three of us. Yeah. So, are you actually playing instruments up there, or is it just you guys? Not as much these days. Yeah. We we kind of we had like different iterations where we had like a full band with drums and all this kind of stuff, mm. and we just I think what we still do play instruments. Like we'll still we have like a drum pad and like keyboards, mm. and we do play instruments, but it's it's all electronic. Um, mm-hmm. So we don't we kind of keep the acoustic traditional rock stuff out of it and it's because yeah. it is like kind of like rap and dance music yeah sometimes disco sometimes something else it's mostly electronic instruments that we play and you're writing your own stuff right yeah all original stuff okay and uh yeah it's a good time man so how can uh people find the flavor savers yeah you know you go to all the social medias and you can you can look for the flavor savers but we also have a website flavorsaversmusic.com okay and you can check out our videos and we have you know music videos and all kinds of ridiculous stuff you got any shows coming up the flavor savers um we don't have anything in the books right now um we have the big thing that we're working on actually is this uh we have a video series that we we partnered with a bunch of people from second city oh yeah um director and a bunch of cast people and um shot four episodes of this series um that's all about like kind of a like a the band trying to do cool stuff make it in the biz but fails and hilarity ensues <laughs> basically kind of a thing um so we have like an episode we have episodes that are like it's a it's the Fourth of July episode, and every Fourth of July, Romeo Dance Cheetah—that's my character—has mm. to 
like one up the last Fourth of July show by making a grander entrance. So we have to do something really, really crazy. And this time we've decided for America's birthday to skydive into our performance. Sure. Um, and so we actually do skydive. Oh yeah. And film it, and we wow. did this all already. And so that's like in one of the episodes, and we had like Second City actors and stuff like that involved in this. And impressive. So we're like. Those aren't released yet, so... How, release how are they going to be released? We're trying to figure that out. Because, yeah. you know, like, we've always done stuff, like, just online, kind of, you know, our own way, our own yeah. audience. But we're really kind of trying to... Th we're trying to get these things ready to go, and then we're kind of just thinking about, like, getting some more professional people involved. <laughs> <laughs> because we put all this effort and energy into it, we don't want to just, like, throw it on the YouTube yeah. and be like, well... Okay. Yeah. See you later. Here it is for yeah. free. For well, it's for free is fine. Yeah, it's more like just well, how can we kind of get into like tap you know share it with more of the world of people yeah. we actually yeah. think would be into it. You know? Right. Right on. So, so Romeo Dance Cheetah Romeo Dance brings Cheetah. us into air guitar. Yeah. So Romeo Dance Cheetah is this we the the flavor savers we all have these characters that we've created. My character is the is Romeo Dance Cheetah, and he is. Where just, did that come from? <laughs> well, so. It, it's, I think the, the beginnings were in the flavor savers. And then like when I found air guitar, there's a world air guitar competition and national air guitar competitions, mm -hmm. and regional air guitar competitions that I did not know existed until I saw this. We actually opened up for the, at the time, the U S national air guitar champion, the flavor savers did the flavor savers. Did. Okay. This was actually in our mustache tour in uh, New York. Okay. All right. Mustaches and air guitar go together very well. <laughs> and so we, uh, we did that in, I was like talking to this guy. I'm like, what is air? What is this that you're doing? Like, yeah. it's amazing. You put way too much effort into this. <laughs> and I like, saw your videos. There's like a lot of people that come and watch this. Holy yeah. cow. And then the guy, and his name is William Ocean. And he's the guy <laughs> that got me into air guitar. And he's like, yeah, there's regional competitions all over the country. You probably won in Chicago. And then a month later I saw there was one in Chicago. I'm like, I'm totally freaking doing this. Yeah. This is going to be freaking sweet. Yeah. It's so fun. And they're like, well, you need an air guitar name. And I didn't have a name for my character really yet. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, this will be perfect. I'll just name my character. And then this yeah. guy who does this flavor saver stuff also does air guitar and he also does whatever. Sure. And so the name is like the joke in my family. My mom could, you can, you can interview my mom later if you want. And sure. she would say that, you know, he always wanted to grow up to be a cheetah. Like he always said really? that. For, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. They're, <laughs> I mean, they're very fast. They're very fast and sleek animals. They are, yeah. Beautiful. Incredibly beautiful, beautiful animals. Um, I just thought they were badass. And sure. I just thought I wanted to grow up to be one. Right. Um, if you could do anything. My mom was a little like open with like whatever we could do. But, like there was no limitation. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so I was like, all right, Cheetah, could that be in a name? And then, and then for some reason... Uh, I was like, I, you know, my character is definitely going to be sexy. He's definitely <laughs> going to be romantic, sexy guy. So Romeo, could sure. I get Romeo in there somehow? And then the dance thing was just like, well, like if you're going to kind of qualify a cheetah, like what kind of cheetah might you be? And I'd be well, probably one that dances, you know? <laughs> so it, it just doesn't, you know, it's not really like a, it's just a, na a, mon a collage of words. Sure. Really. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So that's where the name came from. And then like, you know, went to, and I was like, okay, this is my air guitar name. My, my performance name. Yeah. My character. Yeah. And that's what Romeo Dance Cheetah is. Okay. And so you go to that air guitar competition. 
And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you, you, you climb your way up to be national champion at one point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, this is a few years ago. I, 2009 is when I did my first competition uh-huh. and I won, actually won the Chicago wow, look competition. At you. Yeah. Um, you're a natural. Yeah. I practiced a lot. Oh, did you? Oh yeah. What does that look like? It looks ridiculous because <laughs> you're not, you don't actually, you know, it's very for. I mean, it's a foreign thing to people to see someone, you know, first of all, just imagine a guy's playing guitar, right? Out sure. the backyard. Oh, you're doing it in your backyard. In the backyard. Sure. Yeah. Because the room is not big enough to contain this. No, no. I mean, I need I need space to explore <laughs> the space. And, you know, then just take that guitar out of his hands. And sure. then that you're watching that, right? And, you you know, you don't know. You're not at an air guitar competition. You don't know what that's like. Like, what is that guy fucking doing? Yeah. You know? Can I say those words? On of course you can. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's pretty weird for people around me. Luckily, I have no shame. So... Uh, are you choreographing this? Is it a whole routine that you do or are you, or are you just me, feeling it? Yeah. So from, you know, people should really check out some videos on YouTube. And, and where can they do that? YouTube.com. Fucking. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I mean, it's just like if you, if you do search like U.S. Air Guitar, if you actually go to USAirGuitar.com, mm-hmm. that's a great place to get like, what is this thing? And there'll be like some highlighted videos of some champions, you know, including Romeo dance cheetah. I'd probably be in there somewhere. Okay. I'm in the hall of fame. There's a hall of fame. No shit. Yeah. There's a is there a fame. physical hall of fame? There's not a, uh, I don't know. Okay. I, there's definitely there's a no bust of you <laughs> no. someplace. No, there's definitely a digital, not that I know of. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a digital hall of fame, but, uh, but yeah, so you get it. Ch- there's different schools of thought. In okay. Guitar. So All mine right. was very, very much more of a performance. Like I really had moves, specific moves and dance, like, dance. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kind of choreographed for me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just really wanted it to tell a story. Ah, so whereas bringing think, in that film background. Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. Whereas uh, a lot of other people are more into this kind of like lose yourself in the moment mm-hmm. thing, which I think it was just totally cool and legit. And, and that's kind of more of like an improv kind of feel, I think. Yeah. And so that's like, different schools of thought, I think. And there's people that are more technical, like they're really super all about, like they'll just stand there like, and they'll just like do a little, just focus on their hands, you know? So like they're actually doing the finger movements that one would do if, like, if he or she was playing the guitar. Yeah. Like they would, you just look at it, you swear to God, they're holding an air, they're holding a guitar and they're playing every single note perfectly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. And does it, I mean, I assume that that kind of thing doesn't get as much of a reaction from the crowd. It does. Well, it's, does it? It, especially in the air guitar world. So there's like, you know, there are definitely like air guitar fans. Yeah. Not many of them, <laughs> but there are a few in like, I think the, the more you get sucked into this, the more you start to like certain things and people like, Oh my God, that guy's like, I definitely know people who are in the, into the technical stuff. Over yeah. The, like what I was very all, I was all about the flair and make, you know, You're like, a showman. making it as big as possible. Yeah. yeah. Explore the space, like we said. Okay, so you so you win that first one, and was that the year that you go on to win the national championship, or did no, you have to work your way up and earn to, your stripes? Yeah, had well, the cheetah stripes. Yeah, my cheetah spots. Um, the next <laughs> stripe spots. Come on now. <laughs> kind of the same thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I went to the nationals were in D.C. that year. I didn't even make it to the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really got put in my place. I, I I learned like, okay, you can't just show up and just you know be a big <laughs> shot. You got to put the practice in. Yeah. And did you have to pay your own way to get to nationals or were it... uh no they if you win the competition then you get uh 
paid for to wow. get there. Yeah. The and, the US air guitar pays for you to go there? Yeah, you, and you know stay there and Yeah, area? yeah, exactly. Wow. So you know I I don't know if they paid for me to stay there. I, they definitely paid for like the trip. Yeah. At least. How are they getting money? Well it's just like think of it like a a show that you pay to get into. Oh, okay. Right? I mean people are going are paying to get into get these in, air yeah. guitar shows and yeah. that's what fans, they okay, got fans it. pay to okay. get in and just yeah. like any other show. Yeah. And then that's the money that kind of feeds everything. Sure, sure. Okay. No, I mean, they're, U.S. Air Guitar is not making any money. Yeah. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> it's just like a way to keep it going, basically. Yeah. yeah. So then the next year, I was like, and I, I remember the conversation I had with my friends on the way back from D.C. I had a few friends come out there and support me. And, and I was just like, groupies. I swear to frick. Like, I was so mad. I was just like <laughs> determined to win next year. Yeah totally determined i was just like mad at the judges and like bullshit scores and all this stuff <laughs> taking it super duper seriously yeah. i'm very sensitive <laughs> and i and then so i practiced like like crazy like i had a routine i had a coach by the way i had no. a coach yeah wow steve cash dollar wow his name's his real name that's is, his real is name steve cash, cash dollar and his spelled like cash dollar that's his last name. that's insane you don't okay. even get a nickname when you have a cool <laughs> yeah. badass name real name like that right. you just have a real name that's yeah. just badass yeah he was my coach okay and, and so helped. what did he what did he help you with well he actually comes from like a musical theater background uh-huh and so he helped me choreograph my routine okay and then he would actually like the, the man has compassion he would come to practice we'd practice like every single week multiple times a week and mm. he would come with me and we'd practice together right and on he'd, like give me feedback <laughs> did you pay this person no wow paid him, paid him in friendship sure and love sure and respect yeah um yeah and hj's not really <laughs> sorry we get, we, we're getting a little sexual here we're um, good we're good uh but yeah so we practiced and then like had a routine and then we like the nat you know again came around and actually so i was super confident i was gonna win yeah. the 2010 competition and i didn't even win the regional that year no in chicago what a heartbreaker and i was man. like Fudge. i'm like out of this thing yeah before even getting going on and i ended up going to milwaukee the next night just on a fluke i was like i i was like i just called cash dollar and i was like dude do you want to just go to Milwaukee tomorrow? What are you doing? Like the, it, there was the one there in Chicago and then there was another in one in Milwaukee, Milwaukee the next day. day. And you were like, fuck this. I'm I like, need screw to this. There. I'm like, I'm going to like, I put all this work in and I ended up winning that one. Attaboy. <laughs> sure. Was and it a better performance or was it uh, less kinda, competition? It was both. A little bit sure. of column. It was, a little, it was a little bit of like, yeah. I mean the guy who won the nationals or the, the, the Chicago one, his name's Nordic thunder, a future, a future national yeah. champion and a future world champion. Oh my! Okay, really good. Uh, so he won that one, and uh -huh. I was like, "Yeah, he's pretty good." Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And so I went to Milwaukee. I'm like, I think I have a better chance. Sure. I also kind of didn't care. Also, I was like, I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna just like let it all loose." Yeah. And I just yeah. like super confident, just nailed it. And then like, all right, go to nationals. And then I won nationals. No shit. In New York, New York, New York. Right on. Yeah. And at this point, did you have the whole outfit? Your whole Romeo Dance Cheetah outfit? Uh, yeah. So I had a custom-made outfit. It's a two-part collaboration by uh, Jesse Monsbucker-Kibby, um, a friend of mine, and uh, my mom. All right. They worked on this. They had different parts. They had different skill sets. 
that they brought together and yeah. created this like I don't know a red dragon looking minotaur mm-hmm. um, sort of like from like the seventies you know funk group sure outfit I so guess. so uh, this is, I'm going to sound like a sideline reporter take me through your emotions when you win the the national championship uh just super pumped bro <laughs> uh, I <laughs> I was uh, you know like. I, I basically like the first round went. I, How many rounds are we talking here? There's usually nationals. two rounds. Okay. And it's like you go, you go first round is like everybody shows up with a one minute edit of a song. Wow. That's intense. And that's what your, your routine is. Everybody goes in the top five. What, what was your song? My song that year was, um, was uh, a song by Daft Punk. It was called Robot Rock. Okay. All right. And it was actually, that's actually a song that they took from an old funk band and like did yeah. their Daft Punk thing to it. Okay. And then I took that song and I actually like made it into my own song. I had like a guy play guitar on it. Ah. BJ Jaggers from the Jagoffs actually. Oh, of course. Right on. And it's so all I, I kind of had a custom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a custom sort of song yeah. kind of, I guess. And then Customized I, to your specific talents. My specific needs sure. and talents. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, first round, you get scored. Um, it's Olympic figure skater uh, scores between 4.0 the... to 6.0. Oh, wow. And you get judged on three different categories, technical merit, uh, stage presence. And technical merit is just like it looks like you're playing the notes with your fingers. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, stage presence is just that character, like that, like what you put out there in sure. the world and sure. how like that comes across. And then... Airness is the third category. Airness. Yeah. And it's, they say it's like, it's kind of like porn, you know, you know it when you see it. Sure. Yeah. And that's really it. That's the only thing. It's that certain, uh, you know, what the French call a certain, I don't, I don't know, know what. what. <laughs> sure. uh, so that's what you're scored on. And then, you know, top five, go to the next round. And so I got it to the top five and then, and then we battled. And you do a compulsory song, which is basically like a song that nobody knows what the song is going to be. Everybody get on stage, the five listen to it, and the person who's in fifth place goes first. And it's the, it's the same song. Second. You've got to go up and have your interpretations gets, of this same yeah, song. Exactly. Got it. So if you're in first place, you get like five listens. Yeah, so you've got your you can kind of compose it in your in your you're brain. Like, okay, you know I what, know you're what doing. I'm doing. Like you know where the hits are. You know where the moments. Yeah, are. yeah. And so. What place were you in at this point? I'm, was, I'm very interested in this. You got to yeah. set the scene here, man. Yeah, totally, totally. So I was actually in, going in first place. Attaboy. Okay, um, so you I, you had the you had the upper hand here. I did you have can... the upper hand. Okay. It was by like a point one point or something like that. So it it's wasn't intense. like a clinch. The must have gotten it to you. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. That, that's certain. I don't know what. I don't know what. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know what because I blacked out. You know, <laughs> happened. And then just, you know, basically like the second round went did my did my darndest everybody did their darndest and you just like after that you just don't know how it's like i have no idea if that yeah. went well or not and then they 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 called an air off so there was actually a tie between Ooh. me and another guy so there's a third round Ooh. his name is Dreamcatcher, and he had this <laughs> badass like it sounds like such a villain like over the top you know like oh. they're arm wrestling with like the villain's name is Dreamcatcher. Yeah. of course it is you know you know and the, what's funny about that is i think i'm actually the villain oh I yeah i think he is like the mustache the, did I think it for you? The mustache might have something to do with it. I didn't actually have a mustache at that time. Oh, well, then. 
You can't be a baby-faced that. villain anyway. No, I was just why, like, why do you say that you're the villain in this I situation? Just, well, I don't know. I just, I think... Because you I, like to think of yourself that way. I like, yeah. <laughs> I, I just like to be like a smartass and like my character is kind of like a smartass who thinks he's really sexy. And, oh, sure. You know, sure. that's in like 1990s wrestler world. Yeah. That's perfect to be, a, you know, a bad oh, guy. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, like, like ravishing Rick Rude yeah, kind of that's, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you in know, fact, I, you kind of look like ravishing Rick thank Rude. You. <laughs> you're welcome. Because I... <laughs> I I actually idolized him. Did you really? All you Minnesota morons. <laughs> wow, I, I bet you there are like Rick three people that I can speak to who knew who Ravishing Rick Rude We can do a different podcast to... on professional wrestling let's after this. Let's fucking do it, man. <laughs> let's, let's just pause right now and go to wrestling. Now, I, continue with this. I'm, I'm in yeah. the story. We'll go to wrestling later. Yeah. All right. Okay, so yeah. So, you know, anyways, Dreamcatcher, and he was like just this awesome, like he had this whole like chilled out like hippie like colorful like uh hotel california vibe going on sure. and, and just super airness super lost in the moment um and i don't know like it you know he went on i went on and i just ended up getting the higher score and i in the in terms of the feeling like you were asking before i was just like i mean it's so funny but like i worked really hard like yeah. i put so much practice like way too much practice <laughs> I worked really, really hard. Like I thought about everything, every little detail into this one 60 second performance. And I looked out in the audience, my coach, Steve Cashdollar was crying. No. Yeah. And I, I swear to God, I had like a single tear coming (laughs) because, because you know, like you become in that moment, like it sounds so funny to say this out loud, but you are a national champion of something. Yeah. You are the, at that moment, you're the best in the country at something. Yeah. No matter what it is. Nobody can ever take that away from you. So, you know, and then you're like, I'm going to Finland to go in the, to compete in the world competition. No shit. That's the next thing, right? Yeah. So, so hang, hang on. Did you get like a belt or a trophy a or something? Oh, Did yeah. you? Like a championship belt? Very professional wrestling. Nice. Right and on. You got this huge, you hold it up and you know, everybody hoists you up and oh, it's like wow. this big moment and it's like, <laughs> you're, you're, you know, I'm like, you're, it was at the, uh, what was even the, uh, it was sold out, you know, in New York at the, uh, Madison Square Garden, I'm, it I'm wasn't assuming. Mad, it wasn't the <laughs> garden. It was. Carnegie Hall. It was something big, though. There's one in California, and there's one in New York, and I can't remember what, it, what it's called. The Beatles played there. It's a big... It's Seriously? A big Shea show. Stadium. It's, <laughs> yeah. Maybe early Beatles. Yeah. But, it, you know, it was a big, it's a big venue, and it's packed to the brim, and yeah. people are going nuts, and I mean, su- that, super that's exciting. That's amazing. Confetti flying everywhere. Nice. Sweat dripping. Yeah. And after all that work, I mean, you know, like you're saying, it, it's no matter what it is, you're the national champion. It's something yeah. you put a shitload of work into. Yeah. People are hoisting you on their shoulders. This is shit that little kids dream about, no matter totally. what it is, you know? Totally. And that's badass. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it, it was awesome. So, what was the third round like that that uh, air off that you air had to off? do with, with Dream, Dreamcatcher? Dreamcatcher, okay. yeah. Uh, just totally exhausting. Like, well, what was the competition? Like what, what was it? Like the song that we did? Yeah. Did it they, a, did they do it again where it's like you each have one minute pick a of third this, song? You get to pick it? No, they do. Oh, they do. You, okay. you don't know. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. And it's just like another compulsory song, 60 second cut. Yeah. And they play it for you and you have, you know, just two listens yeah. if you're in first place or only one listen if you're in second. And it was journey. And when I heard it, I was like, yes. Don't stop believing. It It wasn't. It was "Don't Stop Believing." Yeah, yeah okay. it was "Don't Stop yeah. Believing," and I didn't, I didn't stop. No, of course not. <laughs> you didn't, you and you are yet yeah. to stop. I, I, you have to believe, you know, <laughs> when you're playing a guitar that doesn't isn't really there. <laughs> so, all right, so you win. You go to Finland. Yeah, Finland for Finland. the for Olu, the Olu Finland. Okay, yeah, what was that like? It was. It, I mean, it was just. 
incredible because um, you meet all these amazing people. First of all, Olu Finland is Finland in general, like the culture, the people that I met. I went to Helsinki for a while and then Olu, just some of the most incredible people I've ever met. Um, and, and just totally different. Like I had never been there before yeah. even anywhere in Scandinavia or anything like that. And then, um, the people that you meet that are in the air guitar people that are like coming there from all the different parts of the world. Like you've got like this weird, like circus version of the UN, which is like <laughs> a guy from Malaysia and a guy from Ireland and a guy from Japan and a guy yeah. from Russia and like all these different countries. And you, they're all, they bring you all together into like the capital building in world. And like the mayor gives you an address. Oh my and like God. it's this, fancy like drinks and all this kind of stuff and they really treat you because it's olu is the capital of air guitar according to whom according to them <laughs> okay all right so that's according where the hall the of world. fame is that's yeah. where your bust is yeah well this is the world sure okay uh, yeah, capital. Yeah, yeah. so you know when you get off the you get off the plane you get on a bus and you go into town and on the way in right at like, the first thing you pass everybody passes getting out of the airport is welcome to the world capital of air guitar that a huge wow. sign. I mean, this is like, they, this is where it is. This right is where on. It's at, so. Okay. Self-appointed. Yeah. So are the, are the world championships there every year? Every year. Okay. All right. So it's not uh, National champions thing. are different in the U S every yeah. year, but the worlds are different, are always in old. Okay. All right. And so what was that competition like for you? It was totally different. Like it was, it was really, for me, my experience there was like, so like the 60 seconds of performance was such a small like whoa did that just happen? Yeah, like, I mean, the competition. You were there for so long. I was I'm there assuming. for like uh, like a w- almost two weeks, I think. And then you to half. perform for for sixty seconds. Sixty seconds, yeah. yeah. And you know, you're doing all these other events with other air guitarists, and you know, you're in a you're going to saunas. That's <laughs> of the course, thing. You're eating sure. sausages. Sometimes <laughs> you're eating sausages and saunas. Yeah. And you're meeting all these cool people, and you're doing all these things, and you're really kind of lost in the moment as much as you are lost in the moment when you're performing. Like it's just like, it's just a all airness all the time. <laughs> and so it's bad. It's, it's badass. And then, you know, um, you meet all these cool people, you do all these cool things. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I guess I'm about to perform on the stage. And then you go. And then for me, I didn't even like, I, I went, I didn't get, I didn't get to the second round. So I only had 60, my one sixty seconds of Olu Ness yeah. air guitar and that was it. But you know, it was just fun as hell. I think I got like seventh place or something in the world. Tied, yeah. Like that's that's a feather in your cap, my yeah. friend. That's pretty good. Not bad. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was. It wasn't really about like it, at that point anymore. It, you know, yeah. it's, you're just happy to like, be there. This is just awesome. Yeah, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah, right on, man. Yeah. Um, was that before or after you went on America's Got Talent as Romeo Dance Cheetah? That was before. That was yeah. before. How did that whole thing come about? America's Got, Got Talent. Talent. Yeah. Yeah. It was a couple years later. Okay. Um, and it was just like, I got like, it, America's Got Talent was doing like this like special like edition of America's Got Talent, like the YouTube edition or uh-huh. something like that, where they found all this talent. They made it look like you submitted. I was going to, weren't you under like an NDA or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Is that, has that lapsed now or do you I just not give know. a shit? <laughs> I, they may own my identity. I have yeah, no idea. Fuck them. Um, I hope not. But, yeah. uh, you know, they, they're not cashing in on me anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really generating <laughs> the, yeah, I think the they're cash doing just fine. That, they're, yeah. uh, that they probably get from others. But basically it was just like 
this YouTube edition, you know, they made it look like you, everybody auditioned from everywhere on YouTube, yeah. but like they called me. Yeah. And like, I don't even know how they found me on YouTube. They did, they were searching themselves and they, who just called like, you? Was it was like Howie Mandel oh, himself. No, it was like a show producer, you know, okay. like an email. Hey, do you want to like, we're considering having you on America's Got Talent. I was like, what, what a bizarre, what a, yeah. Like, fuck out you. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Was, this is like years. This is a scam. Yeah. I had, I would even been done competing at that point. Yeah. And I just got this email. I'm like, okay, sure. I responded. I was like, yeah, tell me more. And they told me about it. I'm like, this just seems like really random, but okay, sure. Yeah. And they were just like, yeah, it just kind of like really happened fast. They're like, we just need to like audition you. And what we mean by audition you is, could you just get in your outfit and just Skype video us to make sure I remember sure that you did it at our workplace. We <laughs> yeah. had to like block out the windows and be like, everybody shut up. Matt's doing his audition Matt for America's doing... Got Talent. You came out in your Romeo <laughs> Dance Cheat outfit and everything. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Holy yeah. cow, I did that. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, I did that at work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, so you did that, that whole Skype audition, which must have been just super weird. It was just funny because like you just, yeah, you just like turn on Skype and there's like a board, <laughs> like a panel of people in this huge room and they're like yeah. looking at you and I'm like dressed and done makeup. They're like, okay, he's real. <laughs> I just need to make sure you're like, like not a robot or like whatever. Sure. So, you know, he's real. Okay, you're on, you're in. And then that was like, it. Like was it. you didn't have to do your routine or didn't anything. It was routine. just like get in your outfit, say a word so they that we know that you're a real person. Me. I think they wanted to make sure I had some sort of personality or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And so that was it. And then, uh, and then I flew me out to God. It was what, what crappy place was it? It wasn't like in a, it was like in, what am I thinking? Of? Is that New York, New Jersey, New Jersey, somewhere in New Jersey, somewhere really super crappy. Yeah. New Jersey's like, pretty crappy. Yeah. Sorry to anybody yeah, who's was, listening in New Jersey. Yeah. For all you New Jersey folks, you know, yeah. It's crappy. <laughs> um, but it, it, uh, yeah, we had, and I was out there for like 10 days. Damn. Like filming like all these like intro spots and like these video spots yeah. and like all this kind of commercial stuff to like teaser stuff and <laughs> the intro video that introduces me before I go yeah. out and perform and, and rehearsing. And I was like kind of a VIP experience. It was kind of cool. Right on. Everybody was calling me Romeo. And nice. <laughs> here's your water, Romeo. And here's this. And so it was a really freaking awesome. Even though I knew I was going in as like kind of the, the loser guy. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. like, as you're the there as a, guy. You're, you're there as an object of ridicule. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which I was like, I'll absolutely embrace this. Sure. I'll play this character this whole time. Yeah. The funny thing was everybody that was there was like really nice people, super talented. A lot of them were very, very talented. Yeah. And they were there because this was a moment in their career that was going to define the rest of their right. life. Yeah. And cause they did whatever they did full time. And I'm like, I do this once a year for like 60 seconds. You know? I mean, granted I practice a lot, you know, but yeah, but I was like, I was going to go back to my like other life, you know, musicians, I would musicians, assume magicians, and, yeah. uh, jugglers, uh, I mean, talents of all kinds, you, sure. you know, comedians. Yeah. Um, and they do that. That's what they're doing. You know? Right. And so it was, for me, it was like, this is just, whoa, this is crazy. Just you can't, 10 day can't vacation. Here. Yeah. Yeah. And then for everybody else, it was very stressful. Yeah. Like, they got to do well. And, so they must have hated you. You're probably bouncing around like, what's up, guys? I don't give I mean, a shit about you know, this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to do, I did want to do good. I, yeah. I wanted to keep it going, keep the joke going. But, sure. um, but yeah, like everybody was cool. I mean, it was, it was fun. Yeah. So you were on there and from what I recall, you got, you got fairly well heckled by, by the panel. I, well, I didn't get X'd off. 
So, so like okay. you, you get three X, you know, there's three judges and you get X's. I, I, like, I think the like only the time show. I've watched it is, is when you were on was, and yeah. so I don't, I'm not familiar with the, uh, with yeah, neither was I really. <laughs> yeah. but you watch, you, you, you know, you get X'd off, like you can get X'd off like before you're done with your performance. Oh yeah. Like My, the judges can be like, like you can F be this. gonged. Okay. Like got like it. Yeah. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's exactly like the, it's a rip off of the gong show. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Sharon Osbourne, Howie Mandel and Howard Stern were the judges uh-huh. and, um, my whole goal was just to not get X'd off. I was like, I want this video to show to my kids yeah, yeah. later in life. I want the whole performance. Because I did, I mean, there was a lot of effort with all the production crew and all the fireworks and all yeah, the kind of crazy yeah. stuff. I was like, let's get through this performance, guys. You know, yeah. And we'll see what happens after that. So I got two X's. I didn't get three X's. All right. So who was the one who didn't? Sharon Osbourne. Ah, uh, good for her. You know, she likes the... She likes the weird she, dudes. <laughs> she likes the weird dudes, man. What can I say? You know, yeah. Turn the charm on. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, yeah, and then, yeah, like, nobody really said anything. Like, Howie Mandel was in Howard Stern. I really thought Howard Stern would like Fart Man. I thought he was going to like it. Right. He's an absurdist. You would think that he would be into it. I thought he would be into it. I think he had to play his own kind of other unique brand of, like, family-friendly Howard Stern (laughs) in that show. Unfortunately, uh, he wasn't into it. But that's okay. I I, I remember... uh, Watching it and knowing the background, knowing that they were kind of like putting forth this farce of like these people submitted and knowing that they had actually reached out to you and then sitting there listening to them rip on you and say things like, whose idea was it to do a YouTube episode? I was like, (laughs) fuck you guys. You asked him, you know, fuck you. I was upset on your behalf. Right, right. I'm yeah, assuming, was, but I, I remember you said something pretty interesting, though. You said that it, it didn't bother you. The criticism you got didn't bother you because you were playing a character, this character. It was like they weren't criticizing you. They were criticizing this this yeah. other thing that was not you. Yeah, and I and I guess it's like, also, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> like I know that um, you know, air guitar, when you put it next to a magician or like a, a real musician or whatever... It's not going to win like, <laughs> right. in terms of the competition because it's just – it is its own thing. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. in a competition, it's great, you know. Um, but it's – yeah, it's a, it is a character. It is a, a thing. And I just – for me, it was all about having the experience, the sure. fun, the process, not the product or the re- award or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was fine. It was all part of – actually part of it is to get ridiculed a little bit, you know? <laughs> there were some, some people who actually, like, were really upset about that, like air guitar people that were upset about oh, that. Really? And there were some people who were like, good job, dude. That was hilarious. And yeah. I'm like, you know, okay, you guys, I think, get it a little bit more than the others. Yeah, yeah. Do you have, do you have to go? No. No? Okay. No, I just uh, – the old the, – the fiancé was calling, and she's probably headed here. So oh, okay. If somebody walks in, we'll – We'll just invite her up. Yeah, yeah, she could join. Yeah, of course. Um, so you you ended up going the next day, weren't you on the Today Show? Yeah, yeah, I was on the Today Show, <laughs> and I taught El Roker how to do air guitar. So good for you, man. So that was fun. You know, that was worth <laughs> it, right? Oh, and I also met Lionel Richie because he. No, heard... wait a second. Way to bury the yeah. lead here, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I almost forgot, but like, it's funny. My, I, I sent this picture of me and Lionel Richie to my mom. <laughs> And my mom always, everything I've done, she's always just like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. neat. That's so neat. He's creative. Yeah. He's being creative. And then I send her this picture. She loves Lionel Richie. She loves the Commodores. Like, Lionel Richie, like, we listen to Lionel Richie, like, growing up like crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, my mom's going to love this. And I sent her this picture, and she was like, oh, my God. 
that's amazing. This is the best thing that you've ever done. You are amazing. You are my son. Look at what my son did. Look at what my son did. He did something with his life. And I was like, okay, yeah. that's what it got her. <laughs> so w- was he just at the taping? He was of- actually performing like on the Today Show. Oh, all right. And on. I was just a, you know, a guest. Yeah. And he like does his performance, and I was on next. And I was like in the hair and makeup stuff. And, sure. Like, my crazy outfit and everything like and he walks in he walks right up to me like i'm just sitting and i'm like oh my god that's little richie yeah oh my god. and he walks right up to me he's like dude you're totally stealing my vibe man from the commodore i was like wow. from the commodores he's like yeah dude like that's what i wore that's the oh. kind of stuff i wore i was like and i jizzed in yeah my <laughs> and yeah, that's um, gonna go on your epitaph man. oh like, yeah oh that's amazing exactly so like lionel richie comes up and like says that to me i'm like i can't believe this yeah i was like dude can i please please take a picture with you yeah um and he's like absolutely Ugh. and i was like it's you're really like way the coolest rock star coolest biggest rock star the nicest one ever yeah. you know right so, on, man yeah that was pretty cool you've had some experiences dude oh man it's all it's all good you know it's yeah. all about the light just the experience so now uh are you doing a podcast right now you started the podcast is it still yeah. going yeah i've been playing yeah I've, i i kind of have this thing another thing called the cool music dad podcast and it's all about sort of helping the part-time musician and 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 like do more with their music kind of the part-time musician with a full-time passion like kind of like me um and i just you know i was it's kind of like a little bit of a me discovering how to do things with with music and comedy and 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 in the process sharing those learnings with other people so I, you know, have somebody on that's knows how to promote, who's a talent booker at mm. clubs in Chicago. And I interview them and I'm like, how do you get, how do you book your first show? Like, mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people trying to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you find a record deal? <laughs> you know, and right. I asked this guy who has a record deal how to do that. And he kind of gives me a few steps and, and it's just recorded in this quick little fun thing, 30 minutes or less kind of a thing. And a little how to kind of a thing. So I started doing that and I'm still kind of playing with the format a little bit and I'm about to actually, cause I'm recording an album as Romeo dance cheetah as Romeo dance. Cheetah. Yeah. Actually right I just finished recording right on. Um, the album's called magnificent man. Of course it is. <laughs> what, what kind of vibe are we talking here? Is it like a, it's like spin off of the flavor savers. Is yeah. That kind it's of this character. Thing? It's Romeo dance cheetah, mm-hmm. but it's like the flavor savers, but it's rock and roll. So it's like, Oh, okay. Cl- I want to make a classic it's like when rock Garth album. Brooks became uh, Chris Gaines and, and did, <laughs> yeah. did that whole thing. Yeah. But not that. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So this is not like yeah, that at all. Yeah. No, but like, yeah, like it's, it's the same character though. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's Romeo dance cheetah. It's just a different style of music. And it's the music I grew up in. I grew up listening to classic rock. Yeah. I always wanted to make rock music is kind of my go-to thing. And it's kind of like Tenacious D, like, you know, meets, I don't know, David Bowie-ish, kind of like in terms of like the flamboyancy mm. thing, and but like with total sense of humor and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, And so, yeah, so I'm, make, I'm in the process of releasing this album and I had a reason why I was telling you that, though. I can't remember. It had to do with the podcast. Oh, you were, you're doing that. So, like, the now, I, kind of while I'm doing that, I'm also sort of, like, learning how to release. This is my first time releasing a full-length album, like, really going for it. Like, I'm going to public, you know, try to get this out to the world in mm-hmm. a professional way. And I'm going to sort of document that. I'm going to interview people um, about those steps to to record and make an album and release it to the world. Yeah. So that people who want to do that, who've never done it before, 
can do it. Cause there's just a whole new world of music that you don't have to have a record. You don't have to take out a loan <laughs> from a bank, yeah. which is basically what a record deal is yeah. to make an album and then try to pay them back and never pay them back at work at pizza hut. <laughs> try to do that. You know, you can actually do this in a way that isn't, you know, a record deal. So yeah. I'm trying to kind of share that with the world through my podcast, kind of like season two, Cool Music Dad, season two. Gotcha. So what are you, are you recording that at a studio? I, my podcast? Yeah. No, your, oh, I'm sorry, album? Your, your album. Yeah. Yeah. So I went, actually went down to Austin, Texas. Really? I found this producer, his name's Danny Reich, and I think I didn't murder that last name, but yeah, I'm sure it's His fine. name's Danny. It's Good Danny Studio. Um, and I basically like just listened to albums that I liked a lot. I'm like, I want mine to sound like that badass. Yeah. And so I just followed the the trail to Danny and I, you know, he made these albums that I love hmm. and I'm like, uh, do you want to make one with this weird dude, Romeo <laughs> Dance Cheetah? And he did, he's done, he did this air guitar thing and he did this flavor savers thing and he did this you, other thing. You were referring to this character as a separate person this whole time? Like in <laughs> no, a third I, person? I told him, I'm like, I'm him. Okay. All right. It's really me. All he's right. not real. <laughs> and, and he's like, we just started talking and you kind of go through this like process of like, t- you kind of, when you're going to spend a lot of time with somebody and make something and you're going to like be at their house for like more than 12 hours a day, uh-huh. you kind of want to see if you want to hang out with them for yeah. extended period of time. And they, yeah. they're kind of, you kind of sniff each other's butts right? for a little while and we start talking and then literally sniffing each other's butts and then <laughs> yeah. we kind of like, like, okay, do. let's do this. Yeah. So, so that was it. That's how I found him. Listening gotcha. to albums that I like. Now, are you, um, do you have session musicians or are you playing all of the instruments? I, I, brought, what? I brought a whole band together and wow. in, in, in down there. And so I had, I have a band here in Chicago and I brought my guitar player. I brought my drummer who've both been, been playing with me for a while. Um, and, uh, Tom Zabalas and, uh, Tomas and, uh, Liam Kelly are their names and they have their own things that they're doing, um, but they're in my band as well and brought him down there. And then I also brought this guy, Lucas Jack, who's a phenomenal songwriter and piano player, singer in St. Louis that used to be in the Flavor Savers. Uh, and then I brought this bass player from San Antonio named Justin. Wow. So we kind of brought them all together and we just, I had it all organized. We'd practiced up and we were ready to go, showed up and they did their parts kind of, you kind of peel back the onion at you, you get drums and, and, um, and guitars down or drums and bass down first and then they're done. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you start like laying guitar and like piano and then they're done. And then you add vocals. And so like this last trip that I went on to two trips, last trip was just me mm-hmm. laying down vocals and like some acoustic guitar stuff. Gotcha. So I brought a band together, made an album and now it's time to mix it, master it and send it to the world. Yeah. So what is the, spoilers for for your podcast season two but what is the plan for sending it out into the world yeah well so i'm doing a right now i'm doing a pre-release so you can actually you can actually order it and you can become where can we do that yeah you can go to pledgemusic.com forward slash romeo dance cheetah spelled like it sounds all right um i don't know if you put links into things in your podcast but Mm -hmm. i can give you those yeah and it's it's a pre-release thing. It's kind of like Kickstarter pledge music in a way. It's a way to get people involved in the process early on. And you do really cool things like, first of all, they, they can, they can be involved as much as they want. They can order just the digital album for like $10 or they can order like a signed t-shirt or like a, sorry, a signed CD 
sort of mixed with the digital album with a special t-shirt just for people who pledge mm-hmm. and then, or they can even order like a live acoustic uh, performance at their house oh my. or uh, be an air roadie for a day. There's all these different kind of exclusives that people can get as if they sign up and, and they can support as much as they want. Yeah. You should probably take a quick little sure, pause here. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So that was the lady. That's the lady. How did you guys meet? We met. It was on my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday um, to you. And we met at a bar, actually. Um, and it was just like one of these kind of like just having a couple beers like with a couple buds. And I remember pulling up in a cab. And I remember seeing this girl from across the street and being like, holy cow, that girl is beautiful. I'll never talk to her. And then, <laughs> and and she's like smoking a cigarette with her friend. And and I go into this bar and then all of a sudden I see her in that bar. I'm like, oh, wow, holy cow. And we kind of like just were in the same zone and we started like our friend groups kind of overlap, started talking to each other. And I talked to her. She made fun of me for multiple things. Um, Is that the way into your heart? Uh Apparently so. I don't know. I'm pretty sensitive <laughs> though, so I don't know how I how I how I handled it. But um, made, she made fun of my shirt. It was a shirt with a whale eating an island on it. Okay. Which so I totally get. Sure. And then she made fun of <laughs> she made fun of my hair that was like a half up, half down, like samurai look. I had really long hair. Mm. And again, rightfully so, I, I, I suppose. She worked at a salon at the time. Mm. And then. And then I saw her walking out the bar. Like I was like, she didn't even say bye or anything like that. She's walking out. And I literally chased her down, like ran out the bar and ran. And, and I remember her, she has a whole different version t- of the story. I'm sure <laughs> I'll get but it from I think her when, was, I, yeah. when I talk to her. I think she was like, uh, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. And I ran up and I was like, Hey, uh, would you want to talk to me again sometime or something like that? And she gave me her phone number and then, wow. Yeah. That's quite so, the meet cute. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. And how so, long ago was that? like six years ago wow yeah so i've been going it's been going well getting married this year and congratulations totally i remember you and i took a trip to new york a work trip to new york uh once and we did some hanging out i got really drunk that night like super (laughs) duper drunk uh like embarrassingly drunk hell yeah um but i remember when we were out it was the first time that you and i had actually like talked like like people like we're doing now right as opposed to just like colleagues right and you said something that has stuck with me all these years later you said something like i didn't know that you were dating anybody and you mentioned something that you were dating her i said how long have you been with her and you know i don't remember how it came up but you said something to the effect of I realized at a certain point that I wanted to be with her more than I didn't want to be with her. I wanted to be around her more than I wanted to do anything else. And that was just like, and I said it at the time and I still think that's one of the most accidentally poetic distillations of love that I've ever heard. You know, it was just, you were just kind of like off the cuff. Like it was very casual. Like, yeah, I just, you know, realized I really liked being around her. I wanted to be around her more than I didn't. It was just like, wow, that is like a very utilitarian way of, of describing uh, but love. It's, yeah. So like, absurdly accurate and honest, I guess, yeah, you know, for because sure. I didn't even think that I believed in like monogamy or anything like that. Mm. And so it was just like a gut feeling more than it was like a, it's time to do this thing that everybody says you're supposed to do yeah. for me. So, um, so yeah, it the was gut that feeling of being monogamous or the gut feeling of, of no, marriage or all. No, no. It. The gut feeling was not, had nothing to do with any of the formalities it was about like what you just said, which is like, I just want to be around this person yeah. more than not be around this person. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> which is really like a kid, you know, and well, that, it's like a kid would say that. So, I mean, I guess that's actually a pretty good, you know, if a kid ever asks what love is, you could, that's a, that's the perfect definition of yeah. you want to be around this person more than you don't want to. It's, that's perfect. man. Well, you know, another le- life lesson that's always stuck with me. That's very similar, maybe a little bit more like intelligent sounding is, uh, another guy that we worked with, um, said something about, it was about growth. And it was like, what is growth really? Basically, like, how could you make it like distill it in the simplest words possible? He said something like, we're just really just being more comfortable with things you're not comfortable with. Wow. Like, that's actually pretty profound. It's just like, you're not comfortable with this, whatever this stuff is. And you kind of work through it and you get comfortable with it. Yeah. And like, that's kind of what growth is basically. Now that's, that's fascinating. And it, it dovetails into what I want to talk about next actually, which is, uh, anxiety. A lot of people kind of give me shit cause they call this the anxiety podcast because I have anxiety and I talk okay. about it a lot. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. And you have never struck me as a person who experiences anxiety at all. Is that, is that true? Um, I wouldn't say that. I mean, you know, I definitely don't think it's an, a thing that I deal with. Like some people, maybe you're like, this is how you're describing it. So I know I definitely know people that it's like a part of their life. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the, the, their daily life. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's maybe a little bit more circumstantial. Like I have moments, I have times in my life when I'm sort of just overwhelmed you know, and I feel like I'm just got so much stuff going on. Maybe some of it's bad stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Life happens, you know, and I feel, you know, anxiety. I mean, yeah. I feel that when something bad happens, you know, like you lose somebody yeah. um, or you lose control of, you know, a situation that maybe you once had control over. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think I've definitely felt it. I just, but it hasn't been something that's been like played a, a big role in my life. Yes. Yeah. I, I guess it's just, you, you seem comfortable in most situations that yeah. I've ever seen you. In. I think that's that's my natural state. Yeah. yeah, is to not be anxious. It's to be including when you're on national TV. Yeah, it, it, you just you just kind of like, oh hey, there's there's El Roker, no big deal. You know, I'll teach him <laughs> how to teach him how to air guitar, and that's just fascinating to me. That that I don't I don't think I know anyone quite like you. That's probably oh, wow, one of the okay. big reasons. In addition to all the cool shit that you've done, one of the big reasons I want to talk to you is because it's just I don't think I know many people who are. You seem like you could just kind of be dropped into any situation and be like, all right, no big deal. Yeah. And you'll be like everybody's best friend by the end of the, <laughs> by the, end of the night. Yeah, that, that's kind of cool. I mean, um, I never really thought about it that way, but yeah, I guess so. Like I I can't think of a lot of situations that I've been in where usually I get like the energy that I think about like the sort of – I get this nervous energy sometimes when I'm going to perform or going to do something like that, but it really excites me. Yeah. Like it may, it's like I love it. Like it's like it feels like, oh, my God, I'm like on the edge here. <laughs> like right when I was about – like the America's Got Talent thing was a was a perfect moment where they're, they lo- they raised me up in this this huge thing. Like, and a, like you were under the stage? Um, it's like the Hunger I'm Games? Behind, I'm behind like this like the screen that's like back, kind of backstage screen thing where they play the video. Yeah. Um, to the audience is going to split apart and then I'm going to be up high, like being lowered down this, ah, okay. this thing. And, yeah, yeah. and like, you know, you hear your video, you hear your introduction and on the other side is 9 million people yeah. between TV and audience. Yeah. And I'm just thinking to myself and they're like, Romeo, this, you ready to go, Romeo, you ready to go this? And I'm like dressed up in a fucking ridiculous <laughs> Commodore's outfit and I'm about to like perform a fake instrument in front yeah. of like 9 million people. Including Howard Stern. Including Howard Stern and everybody else. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I have no idea how this is going to go. I'm pretty sure it's going to go poorly. Uh, 
And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, this is freaking great. I'm like, huge smile on my face, nervous energy, but I'm just like, this is awesome. This is ridiculous. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I guess that's kind of like a, how I channel those, those moments. Yeah. I, it kind of, it kind of excites me more than it does anything. That's fascinating. Um, and I just, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it's like a combination of your wiring that you kind of form growing up with your parents and your life experiences, plus some chemical thing. I don't really under, I don't really know. I'm not really a therapist, I guess, but like yeah. there's probably people who could explain it better than me. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned earlier that you're pretty sensitive. That's, that's uh, was that a joke or are you serious about that? <laughs> no, I think I've learned, you know, you learn a lot in relation, in, in relationships. I think that's like one of the best ways you can learn um, and grow, I guess in life, you know, and it and is by being in relationships with other people, whether it's like friends, close friendships or family or for me, I've learned so much being in a relationship with my fiance, mm-hmm. you know, um, because we're very, in, in some ways we're very similar. We're both performers. We both, uh, do similar things. We both have similar senses of humor. We both like fart jokes. Um, and then in some ways we're very, very, very different, mm-hmm. um, people. And you, you know, that's where that discomfort happens in relationships and stress happens on the relationship. And you, if you don't break, then you just bend a little bit and you grow cause mm-hmm. you're, you know, and so for me, um, that has been like the biggest, growth moment and there was a question you asked and I don't remember what it was sorry uh, the sensitivity oh the sensitive oh so I think I've learned in this relationship that I'm like more sensitive than I thought I was where taking criticism like you're you know things like you know I don't like it when you do this yeah. <laughs> or things like that isn't something I've ever had to really deal with you know I think my mom was super 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 like supportive of every single thing that we did my dad you know awesome dad always at the football games, but you know, I didn't like live with him on a daily basis. So right. I didn't have like that kind of like, this is how it's going to go. You got to deal with it. You know, some of that stuff that I think people, other people who have both parents and their lot, you know, mm-hmm. all the time do. So I, I just never had anybody telling me that I was doing anything wrong ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, the good thing is there's no limits. Yeah. You can be whoever you want, like a cheetah. Be a, yeah. And, and a national uh, air guitar champion. You can do anything sure. you want. So yeah. you, there's no, like, there's no social norms coming at you yeah. ever. And then there's just nobody, there's just no, you're not used to any sort of criticism yeah. of any kind. Yeah. So like, I just never had that in any t- And then when I start to get that later in life, some of it's good, positive, like constructive. Mm-hmm. Some of it's not. You just, that's just how people are. Mm-hmm. But I think I've always maybe sort of like, if I've been told that I don't like, that's what you're doing is that's not working in some way. It's, it's hard for me to hear that. Yeah. You know, I've had to learn how to hear that better and yeah. hear it, not just like feel a feeling about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I am sensitive when it comes to certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have pegged that. Um, yeah. so, okay. Uh, I'd like to kind of start wrapping up here, but yeah. A, a couple of more overarching questions, I guess. What is it that drives you What when you get up? You do a lot of things. You've got a lot of balls in the air. You've got a lot of stuff that you do. What is it What is it that, that drives you? And this could be an interrelated question. Is there sort of a common thread with yeah. all of the stuff that you do? Yeah. You know, there's kind of a couple. Like, there's, you know, as you get older, like, I think that things different motivations come from different places like Mm -hmm. the people in your life. So like 
you know, going into right now, there's a new motivation that I had never had before, which is like my fiance, my relationship with her. Like I do want to create a life that is like for both of us, you know, and I never had thought about anybody else <laughs> before <laughs> didn't have in to. that way. I never had to. Um, and so I do, that's, that drives me that, you know, some of the life decisions I want to make are based on how it's going to play out for both of us. Um, and it's excites, it excites like creativity, to, like looking at your life in the future and like what it could be that excites me. And so that drives me. So like I make decisions based off of what this could be. And like, so we want to get a bus really. And we want to like take a month or two and like live in a bus. Like uh, the electric Kool-Aid acid trip kind of a bus? Yeah, maybe okay. without the acid. Oh, all right, well. The Kool-Aid. Maybe there's acid, I yeah, don't know. maybe, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not I'll say, I'll do anything once. Um, yeah, all right. But, uh, so like that is something that, you know, I'd always wanted to do, I guess, my in some way or shape or form, but like I never had, like, it totally changes when you're thinking about somebody else and doing mm-hmm. this with somebody else. And so like, you know, what, what's the experience? What would that be like? for us together, you know, and how could we see a part of the country that we'd never seen before and mm-hmm. where we go completely changes, you know? So I guess you're, you kind of have these dreams that become your shared dreams and that drives me. So dreams, basically it's dreams, <laughs> dreams of the future. Uh, I want to, I want to do some amazing things with my fiance things. Exp- I want to have some life experiences that you just, people will write about, you know, yeah. I want to, um, make a dent in the universe. Like I, 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 and it's like, I don't know how that's going to happen, but this is kind of more of an individual thing. I want to like do something that, you know, (laughs) it's, it's so broad and general, but it's like, I want to help, you know, I want to make the world a better place. I want to like, it's really kind of these far reaching, far fetching, like I want to do something great kind of a, kind of a thing. And for me, it, 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 it always comes back to like, how can I use some of my skills and some of my like ways of living to, to do that? You know? So it's like, how does Romeo dance? She did like do something great <laughs> to make a dent in the universe. I don't know. Yeah. Trying to make people laugh, trying to make, trying to make some like, trying to like, you know, make a body of work that it like, you know, connects with people in a certain way that no, they've never connected with before kind yeah. of thing. So do do you have any specific, goals in that regard you know for instance you know you're making this album is is there do you have do you have specific goals tied to that do you want to i don't know you know the goals yeah 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 yeah. i mean there's some selfish goals and then there's some bigger picture goals like i do i do really want to really i want the i mean just like any artist wants their art to be experienced like i don't care who they are like they might do it initially for themselves, but at some point it's like you want this some, to be experienced by somebody else. So for me, it's like, I do really want the, this album to get into the hands of all of the people who like fart jokes, <laughs> poop jokes, dick jokes, a lot um, of people. but who like, you know, want to, who want to laugh, who, who maybe need to like a break from this crazy, serious world. It's kind of the, one of the reasons why I did it. it was just like, there's just it's just, it's just like all the stuff that's thrown at you and the crazy crappy stuff going on in the world and all the just sort of hatred. And it's like, sometimes it's like, can we just take a break and like laugh at like something stupid for mm-hmm. a second? Um, I really want to try to get that in the hands of as many people as possible and have people like smile yeah. and laugh a little bit. 
Um, so that's like a, that's a, you know, short term thing. I do want to like get it into the hands. I want to play shows all around the country, all around the world. Um, these are kind of life experiences that I want to have. I want to go on a big tour. Um, you know, I, I do want to make, I, I want this serious hobby to be a bigger part of my life. Um, and to be sort of a, an influence, a bigger influence in my life and, and, um, find ways to use that, you know, to maybe do something even bigger than just dick jokes. <laughs> you know, I, I, one of the things about the cool music dad thing is, um, I'm, I really want to find ways to help people in music, but I also think there's a lot of other sort of ancillary benefits from music. So like one of the reasons why I did it was one of the most profound musical experiences I had was, um, actually performing for my, um, Adriana, my fiance's, uh, nieces and nephews, hmm. like three, there's four of them at the time. And I like, they had me bring the ukulele out. I played like one song over and over again. And they were just like dancing and having a great time. And <laughs> you could just see the family congeal around it in around this like musical moment. And I was like, Holy cow. Like, why is this the most exciting thing I've ever done? And I've put, performed in front of like a lot of people before, you know? Yeah. And so like, I think there's more to that to me for me, you know, than just like trying to play in front of like a lot of people and make money, I guess yeah. to me, it's like, how could I create these like wonderful moments and memories? Um, and I love to do that on a big scale with people. I, people that are kind of like into my stuff, but I also really love to do that with people that I really know and I'm close to and care about. Another, another example would be like, I watched this documentary about Alzheimer's and about how music, um, basically is kind of this sort of portal into people, Alzheimer's patients, like minds. Um, it's called alive inside. And it basically followed this guy who was encouraging people to load up music of your grandpa, or your grandma, whoever's got Alzheimer's of music that they listen to when they're young, load it up and play it for them because it, where music is stored in your memory is the last place to go hmm. basically. And so the documentary follows these people and they're like listening to this music and they're coming to life for the first time in like 10 years. Hmm. And like they're, um, you know, they're talking, they're singing, you know, they're doing these things that they haven't done forever because they've just closed up because they're just so alone and they just don't, they don't understand the world because they've got Alzheimer's and this condition is terrible. And music somehow is a portal to that, that, that soul that they still have in there, you know? And so I actually did that with my grandpa before he passed away. Um, Adriana and I took a trip and we're like, all right. And he has all, he had Alzheimer's and mm. he was, was like, I'm going to do this. Like, we're going to just do this thing. And we showed up, had all, I did a bunch of research, found out what all the music he listened to. And sure enough, like put the headphones on this little $50 iPod full of music, Elvis Presley and, you know, trailers for 50 cents or whatever it is. I don't know all the songs, <laughs> but like these classic songs and he totally like was singing to these songs, you know, he even had to take me out to the ball game. I mean, like these songs that he like loved, he's like come, coming to life. And you know, it was really like, I'm, I'm so glad I did that. It was like one of the most amazing moments yeah. um, with my grandpa, you know, even though he like has, you know, this condition. So it's like, you just have these moments. You're like, I want to share this with the world. And I want people to, to, to use this too. Yeah. Um, so I guess that maybe is kind of the connection to making the dent in the world a little bit, you know, Definitely. even if it's with just two people, that'd yeah. be cool. So right on. We'll see. Well, 
thank you for talking with me. How can people find you? How can we know what you're doing? You're you already said your album. We've yeah. got the flavor savers. Do you have there's like a, a hub where there's everything yeah. Matt Cornelius? I really should probably make that hub. For probably people, should. I would really want people to go check out Romeo Dance Cheetah. Um, they can go to my website, Romeo Dance Cheetah, or it's actually dancecheetah.com, dot com, mm-hmm. or they can check out the Pledge Music thing, which is pledgemusic.com dot com forward slash Romeo Dance Cheetah. Um, because I'm really, the album is really what it's all about for me right now. Yeah. I'm trying to get that out to the world. And if you're into that kind of stuff, you're going to hopefully love this. So, right on. Yeah. And the podcast is on iTunes and everywhere you get podcasts. It's, it's on, it's on actually on SoundCloud. It's not on iTunes okay. yet. Um, kind of working my way towards that, but go to coolmusicdad.com and you can, you can check out the podcast. Right on. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for talking to me, man. Yeah, dude. It was a good time. It was fun. Good to see you. Yeah, you too, man.